Welcome to Shockcast, the weekly podcast where we answer questions about some of the most important values of the growing prayer movement in Canada. My name is Emily, and joining me today, as always, is Brian Creary, Director of Sanctuary House of Prayer in Winnipeg, and also my dad. Well, hello, hello. <laughs> so we've been going through a series of what we can do during the pandemic and this time, and Today is our last episode. I know. It's so sad. <laughs> the whole second season, we did it. Mm-hmm. We did it in isolation. <laughs> As we said in the last episode, things are starting to change here and it's opening up. We're, we're going to be back live in our house of prayer this Sunday coming up. When, I don't know when you'll be listening <laughs> to this. Watch out when this airs. We're like back in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the time it comes over, we're all locked up again. But things are changing, and so you can feel it, you know, in the air in all kinds of areas. And and this is going to come to an end right now. We're gonna we'll be back. I'm pretty sure for a third season. But we've left hopefully with lots of wisdom for things to consider. And uh, we got one more today. So today I I want to spring off of what we talked about last time because we really did have a I felt like a, a rousing and productive t- conversation about how the culture is affecting particularly young people and how the demonic realm is riding in on that and influencing the way that people are thinking, like with real demonic power. And then there was a strategy that came from 2 Corinthians that was designed to to help us to understand and to take some action on it, not let that kind of stuff go on. And it's a real battle. And so uh, as we left it, we just re- we were talking a little bit about the importance of knowing what God thinks. And then this passage came to our minds. And so I want to read, to start, I'm going to read the whole passage or a big chunk of it, 18 verses. Uh, this comes from Psalm 139, and then we're going to comment on it a little bit and and uh, end our season just wrapping ourselves in what God says about us and letting that touch our hearts and, and bringing from there into whatever's next. So the psalmist says this, this is David writing, he says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I can ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. I love this section. Verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in my in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Then verse 17, kind of the culmination of the whole thing. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. 
And then it changes and talks about destroying the wicked, but we'll skip that part. <laughs> and so it's such a powerful psalm in light of what we've just been saying that the Lord, I mean, there's so much here that David is saying concerning the way God sees us, interacts with us, feels about us. You know, here we are, we're, we're believers, we love Jesus, and we're trying. I mean, would you agree, Emily? We're trying, but we, we feel, you know, little. We feel little, and it's difficult. And this last year has been extra difficult. And sometimes it's easy to forget that the Lord cares or he's, he's attentive. We know that he, he loves us. We understand that as it relates to the big stuff, that he's active and he's working in our, you know the whole sphere of life and culture. But what does he actually think about us? When you again, when you're staring in the mirror in the morning, or when you're reading something online, or when you're hearing the cultures talk to you, the language of lies and the wrong things about us comes pouring through. And then what what does the Lord actually think? And David just says it so well because all that we just described just speaks to the Lord's attentiveness, the detail of your life. He knows. Like for instance. Uh, I just love this one. It says, it's in the section where it talks about how he's formed us in the inner parts of my body, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Let your mind feel the power of that one for a second. So that means that every moment of your life that you have not yet lived He's already seen it. How does that make you feel? Kind of scared. <laughs> why, why, why are you scared about that? I don't know. Makes me think of my mortality. <laughs> it does make you feel, you know, like that, that there's a, something bigger than you. Mm. But it does. is it not comforting to know that there's no, uh, it's not random. Mm -hmm. Like there's no accidents coming. There's nothing going to happen to you that's like a, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. You know, God was busy doing something in the other side of the world and he wasn't paying attention and whack, you got something terrible happened to you. Like there, there are no surprises. It feels like that sometimes. <laughs> it does, but that's only because we don't see correctly. But there really are no accidents. Like, do you really think he didn't know this pandemic was coming? Nope. None of us knew it was coming and we all got totally whacked out by it and feel like I can't believe my life is so disrupted. But the Lord didn't, wasn't surprised at all. I mean, he formed you in your mother's womb, carefully weaving you, it says, putting you together so wonderfully complex and then watched you and then you were born and then you, you grew and, and every day, you know, even before the first day was lived, every day of your life was already written out in the book. He already saw the whole thing. And, and so it just speaks to his, his, um, dedication to the the specifics of your life now you know th let's go back for a second to the the struggle in the generation right now the one that says you're not this and you're not that and you better believe this and you better believe that and if you don't say this right we're going to cancel you out you know and we're going to you know uh, come after you with the politically correct police and and we can wreck your lives if you don't believe what we believe and all the stuff that's going on right now and the pressures, the, the, the unbelievable pressures to try to navigate that and make something of yourself, it must seem unbelievably uncertain. You're, you're a young woman. You kind of look forward into the, the decades ahead. Does it 
does it feel like, oh, no problem, we'll just all work out? Or It makes me not want to have kids. <laughs> there's an uncertainty to it, right? Yep. And, and and how do you make right decisions? How do you know what to do next? Did, did you, know, you know, it must feel for people, I don't know whether, you know, you have it, but it must feel for a lot of people like, I am alone in this oh, thing. very much. I, I always think that. I'm like... I'll be on some sort of social media platform and I come across something that is a little bit more controversial mm. and something that would be not in my belief system. And everybody in the comments is like, yes, that's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Like totally affirming it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, wow, will I ever find anyone like-minded ever mm -hmm. again? Like Because the culture is changing so fast. Yeah. And if you don't believe that, then you're gonna get hated on like and yeah. attacked and it's so hypocritical because they're like attacking you for something that you believe in but yet you can't like stand up for what you believe in and mm -hmm. then also they'll be like bullying is wrong like right. stand up for mental health blah 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 and they're like the ones attacking people <laughs> right it's all about freedom yeah. right they all want the freedom to choose what they want unless you choose something other than what they're yeah. standing for so it's like totally backwards but whenever i'm on any sort of social media and i see something like that i never ever say anything even no. within my Wisely. friend group i never say anything because a lot of my friends aren't christian and uh i know that if i say anything that's like like a little bit controversial that i'm like labeled <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like this is the reason why people don't like Christians you know there's so mm -hmm. many of like that kind of thing out there yeah and I'm like well <laughs> so, so it, it feels like uh, you're marginalized it feels like mm -hmm. you're in a small group compared to the large group mm -hmm. it feels like it's difficult to stand for what's true these days uh, it's a big cost you know maybe in my generation it didn't cost us so much to stand for these I even things. think of grandma like when she grew up the whole culture was more based on like a Christian foundation. Yeah. And so people having morals that like were basically coming from the Bible, you know, mm -hmm. whether they believed in God or not, yeah. but now everybody's morality is all over the place. And to have an actual like God <laughs> morality is just unheard of. Yeah. No, and it's like, it's fading fast. Right? Yeah. As, like, as they, you're dumb if you believe that. You know, to quote Psalm, it's really Psalm chapter two. We won't go there to look at it, but it's Psalm two talks about the kings of the earth rallying together to break the shackles, to throw off the chains of God himself and his ways so that they can be free from God and his ways. That's what they're trying to break the chains from. And then the rest of the Psalm is his response to that. You can imagine how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but that's literally what's happening right now. The, the culture's rising up together to go, we've had enough of Jesus. We're breaking that off and we're throwing it to the side and we're going to try something else. And so, of course, you feel alone. And of course, you're, you're just trying to figure out your life. I mean, what do I do next? Where does where's my money coming from? And, uh, you know, do, where do I work and where do I live and who am I going to be with and all those things. And it's a real challenge. Yet, here we are, Psalm 139. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. I love that one. I haven't even said the thing. It's not even out of my mouth yet. The Lord already knows what I'm going to say. I've often said that when I'm speaking to a crowd. I'll often say, you know, the Lord just heard what you said there when you responded <laughs> to what I was preaching. 
you know, you didn't say anything out loud, but on the inside, what you had a thought. response, and the Lord saw it. He heard everything that's said <laughs> because He knows your thoughts. He's that close. He's that committed to you, and He's that interested in the details, the intricacy of the details. And that's not a bad thing at all. He says, I like this verse five, you go before me and you follow me. How does that work? He's in front of you and he's behind you. He's he's leading the way and he's behind you saying, no, turn left, no, turn right. No, you know, stop here, wait. You know, he's, he's got both of those things going at the same time. He's surrounded you. And it says, you place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful me for me, too great for me to understand. And so David is just processing it in as, as we all would. If you know everything about me, even the things I'm going to say before I say them, and if you are in front of me and you are behind me, if you are leading me and your hand of blessing is on my head, and you are involved in the way I was formed and in every aspect of my life, and there's nowhere I could go to get away from you, you were that committed to me, no wonder he feels it's just too great for me to understand. It's so overwhelming to think that you would be this committed to the details of my life. Like at the end of Psalm 139, you didn't get to that. Yeah. But then it goes into the search me and know me part. And Yep. Read it. Do you have it there? Yeah. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in my life that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Mm. Mm, what about it? Well, it just makes me think of like the, uh, how you just said, like he knows your every thought. Mm -hmm. And it made me think about how you might not say something out loud, but you, you think it and he still knows that, yeah. you know? So like we were just saying in the last episode, like um, knowing uh, who you are and like um, thinking thoughts that the Lord thinks about you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me think of that, that just like hear what I think even, and that just when I think those thoughts that you would be like, no, that's not right. Well, you the know? cool thing is the, the, the way David's responding is he's saying, I know you know everything, and I know you know everything that I'm thinking. You already know it before I'm even going to say it, but I'm, I want to cooperate with that. So I, I'm inviting you to come and actually search my thoughts, mm -hmm. my hearts, so you know what's going on. Test me, know my anxious thoughts, point out anything that offends you, and lead me, lead me well in my life. That's that's him saying, it doesn't matter whether I cooperate or not, you're still going to know everything. I can't get away from you no matter where I, where I go. So I'm going to choose to cooperate. I'm going to choose to say, you're the best thing ever. Like the fact that you know everything about me and you know all my thoughts and you're that involved is the greatest news in this hour of history that you could have. Far better than, well, okay, you created me and I'll see you in heaven and then I guess I'm on my own, me and the Kardashians. No, it's <laughs> not that. Or who was it? Selena Gomez, you know, and, and the devil that wants to lie to you. It's not that. It's the Lord says, no, I'm right there with you. And so invite me into the process. Ask me uh, what I think. Come and, and take a look at my thoughts and my actions and my beliefs and, and evaluate me and lead me perfectly. Get me out of this mess of, of culture that that uh, I'm believing that is messing with my mind and keeping me away from you because that's what the enemy is about. Mm -hmm. The demons just want you messed up so you won't trust them. And the, and so David responding correctly says, "No, come on in. I might not have it all together, but I'd rather have you in here and involved in this than at a distance pretending that somehow I'm going to do it on my own." Mm -hmm. 
I love this passage. Verse 17, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Basically what he's saying is, you know, like the grains of sand on the seashore of all the beaches in all the world. Uh, if you try to count up all the sand, they still wouldn't add up to the amount of thoughts that the Lord has concerning you as an individual. How does that make you feel? Mm. <laughs> does that freak you out too? Yeah. See, I love well, that. I just remember singing it on Worship with the Word on mm -hmm. the line and really, really struggling with it. Why? Because it was intimidating or just too hard to believe? Yeah, because I was like, what do you think about me? You know, like exactly. trying to sing it. I was just like, oh, this is impossible. <laughs> exactly. That's the beauty of it. You come face to face with the fact that the God who's thinking about you all the time, who has endless amounts of thoughts about you. And David says, how precious are your thoughts about me? He's not saying how terrible this is that you won't stop coming after me. But he's like, no, this is so awesome. You think about me all the time. You know me so well. I can't get away from you. You're blessing me. You're guiding me. You're leading me. And so when, we, when we're suddenly confronted with that idea, what do you mean you never stop thinking about me? What do you mean the thoughts towards me are endless? I'm kind of afraid of that because I want to hide myself and cover myself until I get it more together. And I'm not sure that you actually like everything you see because I don't even like everything I see. And Selena Gomez makes me feel bad. <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure I've got issues. <laughs> We're going to get sued or something. Oh, you do? Okay, well, there you go. And so in all of that, he still responds the right way. He says, okay, I know I got this whole thing going on, but search me and know me because I want, I'd rather have you in and helping in this process than to try to figure it out on my own and then land and feeling like I finally got it together and now I'll turn and talk to you, God, because now I got it together. I've worked out my issues with, you know, the Kardashians and so I'm all right now. It's like, no, don't do that. The Lord's thinking endless thoughts about you and already knows what you're going to say. And so ask, you know, so he's basically he's saying, come on in and help me to know how you think about me. Help me to come into alignment with what is true because you've got apparently a whole lot invested in the details of my life. And I don't want you at a distance. I want you in the middle of that. What's that phrase you say? Like, I always think this. If I read something... I sometimes I'll just be like, well, I read it, but I don't believe it. Yeah. And then I remember, I think you say it just like that. Always bringing it back to the Lord and saying, well, God, I don't believe that, but help my unbelief. Sure. Yeah. 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 You start by just agreeing with it, whether you really believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And you you choose to believe it, right? There's mm -hmm. a faith dimension to it that sometimes just has to be, you just have to choose. Mm -hmm. and so the Lord said to me years ago, he said, uh, don't let your experience tell you what I'm like. Let my the word of God tell you what I'm like. And we were doing the opposite. We were saying, well, okay, uh, there's no money coming in, so I guess God is poor or cheap or disinterested. And that was my experience. And the Lord was like, no, don't believe your experience. That's just the way the life is working for you. Believe what the word says, and then you'll know what is actually true. So all of these things are like that. There's a, there's a choice to start. There's a choice to actually believe what we just read in Psalm 139. 
Because a lot of people will hear that and they won't go, well, I don't think he's thinking endless thoughts about me. I mean, the sand on the seashore, maybe that's for somebody else. Maybe Emily gets that, but I don't get that because that's not really, he doesn't, he doesn't think like that about me. And you have to choose. The Bible's telling you, yeah, it's actually true. He does think like that about you. He thinks like that about all of us. And he's way more invested in the, the details and in being near to us than we give him credit. And so we choose. Then as you start to choose and you invite him in, it becomes more real. And pretty soon you start to realize, oh, you do care about the details of my life. You'll have that moment, you know, 20 times in the next five years. You'll just keep popping. The, the amount of times I've said, oh, you really are good. I mean, I said that when I got saved, mm -hmm. you know, 50 years ago. And I'm still saying that now. Oh, you really are good. I mean, I thought I had that figured out a long time ago. And it's still opening up and still opening up and still opening up. That's what the Lord wants. He wants you, invite me in. Let me share the endless amounts of thoughts I have towards you. Let me silence the voice of the enemy. Let me silence the voice of your culture. Let me get you to think rightly. And let me tell you what I think about you. Because it's true. I'm before you. I'm behind you. I've got my hand on you. I've already got your whole life written out. I know what you're going to say before you say it, so don't even say it because I already know what it is. And I am really for you. I'm really for you. So powerful. Shut up, devils. <laughs> really. You know, they just lie to us. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be. Mm -hmm. Isn't it like you saying you're good, you're good, still like based off your experience though? What do you mean? Like... You saying, money's not coming in, therefore he's cheap or he doesn't care or he's not paying oh, attention, see. right? And then when you read when that, you're like, in. then when the money comes in, your experience is like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. But not not always because, because a lot of times you get your good because you believed it and he came near to you and he spoke and he began to interact with you mm -hmm. and your personal relationship with him became the foundation. Then when the events took place, instead of going, wow, money came in, you are good. It was more like, of course the money came in because you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that already because mm -hmm. you, you told me that when I had no evidence, mm. when there was nothing happening, I learned that you were good. And now it's happening and I see goodness everywhere. Right. And sometimes there's no money coming in and, I, and I'm able to say just as confidently, you're good. Mm -hmm. I don't have any money, but you're good because mm -hmm. you, you showed yourself to me. Mm -hmm. That's what we're after. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all for today and all for this season. Oh, no. <laughs> if you want more information on this topic and others, you can check us out at our website at sanctuaryhop.com. And on behalf of myself and my dad, thanks for listening to Shotcast.